Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Insert Movie Here, the musical. We are your hosts. My name is Sam. My name is Kyle. The first thing you need to know about us is that we write musicals together. Kyle writes the music and lyrics. And Sam writes the books, which is all the talky stuff. (laughs) The other thing you need to know about us is that we absolutely love movies. We write musicals, but we love movies. And this is a podcast where we take movies that absolutely should not be turned into musicals, and we do it anyway. And this adaptation is going to happen in real time. We separately watched the same movie, and now, right now together, we're going to talk about it for the first time and figure out how we would turn it into a musical. Yes, we'll figure out the structural changes to the plot, what the musical would look like on a stage, what the songs would be... And then at the end... Yeah, at the end, we have someone who's very talented sing a song that you wrote. Yes. That made it sound like I was saying you weren't talented. That's not what I was saying. (laughs) It did. It was a little shady. As proof of your talent, play the theme song. They did it with hairspray. They did it with Xanadu. Why not Inception? Or maybe The Godfather 2. They did it with Spamalot and Little Shop and Groundhog Day. So why not try with Paranormal Activity? Just take any movie and add in like 10 or 12 songs. So what if Schindler's singing feels oh so wrong? So So what if the flick we pick's a fit a bit unsuitable? We'll make it a Broadway hit, both baffling and beautiful. Just give us an hour, even Deer Hunter is doable. It's Insert Movie here, the And insert it right here. Yeah! And today we're doing everybody's favorite movie, The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water. <laughs> yes, today we are adapting Oscar winning film Guillermo de Toro's The Shape of Water from 2017 into a musical comedy. Okay. Yeah, so, so this is one of the most bizarre Best Picture winners. It's super bizarre. Right, but like I, 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 I said to you in a different conversation, it's like the last four or five years of Oscar winners have felt a little bit like we handed a dart to the one drunk Academy member and he just threw it at a board in the direction he wanted. Because, I mean, going from Moonlight to Shape of Water to Green Book to... Yeah, to Parasite. Uh, to Parasite. That's a pretty wild ride in terms of like... You think the Academy's going in one direction, and then it cuts right back. But um, regardless, somehow, like, against all odds, it's still it's still one best picture. So, um, okay, so for people who haven't seen Shape of Water in a long time, maybe have never seen it, Sam, why don't you give, like, a really brief plot summary of, like, what goes down in this movie? So Shape of Water is about Sally Hawkins playing this sort of like mute custodian who works at this government lab. She works there with her friend played by Octavia Spencer, but there's also Michael Stuhlberg plays like a scientist there and Michael Shannon plays like an evil government agent. And they're all working on this like fish creature thing that Sally Hawkins connects with, sees as more than just like an object or an animal. She helps break it out of the laboratory, um, helped by... Octavia and by her gay neighbor played by Richard Jenkins and then Michael Shannon sort of like pursues them and she eventually realizes she needs to go to sea with her love and she becomes a mermaid yeah 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 yeah. I think we both liked this movie yeah I was gonna say you liked it a little less than me um I liked it a little more than you but I think it's one of those movies that 
if it hadn't won Best Picture, I would have been just like, wow, cool, yeah. good movie. Not my favorite Guillermo del Toro film, but, like, good movie, well done. Sally Hawkins is a national treasure. She is. My challenge to you about Shape of Water, that's not, this isn't like a was it good, was it bad thing. My challenge is describe this movie to me, whether it's plot or feel or vibe, if you can't use the word fish or <laughs> alien or monster. Like, just tell me what this movie is. Not it's, counting the fish. It's a fairy tale about outsiders banding together to liberate another outsider. During vaguely, like, Cold War America Baltimore? I have no idea where it takes place, but it definitely is in the early 1960s, yes. Well, it's definitely America. Yes. There's a line. I know it's in America. (laughs) Yes. I know it's in what takes place in America. Thank you, Sam. I think the most successful stuff in the movie is like when it does live in that world of like it's a throwback monster, like a throwback, like old Hollywood, like monster movie with Michael Shannon as the monster. And whenever there's anything with Sally Hawkins is just, like, so incredible. Oh, yeah. But, like, so much of the movie, like, this is my honest, honestly, the first time I saw Shape of Water, and I know the whole, we gotta get this out of the way right now, this totally turned into the, like, fish, everybody was saying, and we'll be piling on on this, I'm sure, but everybody was calling this the fish fucker movie, and that is reductive in a way, like... (laughs) Even though we'll probably be making up lots of songs about how she fucks a fish, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it turned into the, the fish fucking movie, but then it won an Oscar, so clearly it didn't, and which is great. I, I still maintain that the movie is fairly unsuccessful at showing them connect on a romantic level. Yeah, I know that was your biggest problem with it before we saw it. I would say I think the movie pretty well justifies the sort of love at first sight, this is a fairy tale... She's been waiting for someone or something, and the minute he's there, he's it. And we don't yes. need to, like... I mean, you're, you're never, like, in a fairy tale, like, ah, God, I just did not see Cinderella's prince, like, getting to know her well enough. Yeah, but I do think that, like, when it's a fish, we gotta get a little... A little more, you know, which maybe we'll do. Okay, I have... The weirdest thing in this movie, the weirdest thing in this movie... Oh, go on. ...is... And this will be a song, I'm sure. Is how quickly Richard Jenkins forgives the fish for biting the head off its cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about the <laughs> I forgot about the monster eating Richard Jenkins' cat. Not He's, just eating the cat, like literally like bit the head off of it. Yeah. It is And a, it's this moment that you're very much like you're very much supposed to think, oh, this is the moment where the monster thinks it can't get along in society, and so it runs away and becomes the thing that people feared it would be. And I'm glad it doesn't do that. Like I'm glad that's not where the movie goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the next scene is like him, the the fish, back in the room of all of Richard Jenkins' cats learning to pet them, and Richard Jenkins isn't mad. And like, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. It's a crazy movie. It's it's a crazy movie. Okay, so transitioning into making this into a musical and just sort of, I think, at first adapting it at large, like what sort of things would we want to change in the adaptation? Yeah. I guess the thing that I struggle with the most in the movie is there's two things. One, I don't actually know what the conflict is. Is it just Michael Shannon? Is the conflict Michael Shannon wants to 
kill this animal or this, I'm sorry, not animal. That's a totally antithetical to the point of the movie. <laughs> he wants to kill this creature, this uh, intelligent being, or is the conflict others don't see it for what it is? Or is it just That's about othering in general? I mean, cause you definitely, you pinpointed that like, this is a movie about like others ba- or people who are outsiders banding together to rescue an outsider. But yes, when almost all of the characters in the movie are outsiders, it's kind of like a weird conflict. You know what I mean? Like, people are very understanding of Sally Hawkins' love for this fish. Yes. Arguably too understanding. <laughs> Arguably too understanding. Yeah, she tells them, I like this fish. I have romantic feelings for this fish. I would like to sleep with this fish. I have slept with this fish. And people are like, Okay, let me ask two follow-up questions, and as long as you can answer those, I'm good. I'm fine. It's yes. great. And the, and one of those questions is what is his what does his penis look like? I think the movie has this conflict of Michael Shannon versus the rest of them that is not necessarily the most thematically linked theme of the movie. I think what you're saying is the movie at its finest tells this story of like someone who has been othered by society because of how she has been othered, recognizes the beauty in someone else, something else that is othered and sees past it and really realizes what it is. Like, that's what the story is, right? Yes. And then at the end, she's also a mermaid. (laughs) Did you come up with a brilliant idea about how to solve that problem or no? I think part of it is just kind of simplifying Michael Shannon's arc and making him sort of more representative of this machine that they are trying to escape from and find peace within. I mean, that's sort of, that's sort of how I feel about the Michael Shannon character is that like, there's so much time spent on like him alone and him like justify, trying to justify like why he's doing what he's doing and give him like more motivation. When like in reality, I think it's like totally fine if like Michael Shannon, Shannon is just like the bad guy and he's like, and they're, like, they're, like, up against him. And I think, you know, if you think of, like, we take out 50% of the Michael Shannon stuff and replace that with actual sort of people reckoning and learning from Sally Hawkins' embrace of the monster, in yes. quotes. Wait, but I had one other one other sort of big question, and this is really going to tie into how we do this as a musical. Yeah. Um, I don't totally understand... I mean, look, you don't have to have a protagonist arc fit as neatly as it usually is in, like, a musical. Like, you don't need the I want thing sort of so crystal clear. But I genuinely don't really know how I would characterize Sally Hawkins' pre-monster wants or pre-meeting the fish wants. I mean... Like, she seems kind of bored. She's horny. She She's, she's really definitely horny. horny. I mean, she's... Yeah. Boiling eggs and masturbating before work every morning, which is great. I mean, good for you. I don't think this is super well articulated over the course of the movie, but I think the hub of her character is obviously when she confronts Richard Jenkins and she's like signing at him and it's like beautiful. That's like such a great scene. Yeah. Where she's like, he is different like me. And if we, and we are nothing, but if we don't help, society sees us as nothing, but if we don't actually help him, then we are nothing. But, I mean, there's this weird moment in the movie that is so close to being lovely, but it's just not the moment where she sort of steps out of reality and goes on to, like, the sort of, like, musical variety oh, show God. and sings yeah, a yeah. love song. Because, which, because I mean, that moment's sort of flawed for two reasons. One, it does sort of project this idea that it's every 
uh, differently abled persons like dream of having the sort of most normal capabilities, which is, you know, not necessarily true, but it, even just from a more like dramaturgical standpoint, like the moment doesn't make sense because none of Sally Hawkins discontent to this moment has been like, I can't articulate how I feel. I don't have the tools to articulate. She is so articulate throughout the movie. Right. There is no part of her that is like, because I was maimed as a child or whatever and lost my vocal cords, I am somehow held back. None of her wants or problems. I mean, maybe in terms of like other people are judging me differently, but there's no part of her of like, I can't tell this fish how I feel right? because I don't have a voice. Like, that's not a part of the movie. I mean, I think maybe the right musical arc for her is that she's craving connection. She's craving to be touched by somebody. She's really horny. And she yeah. finally connects with this fish thing that seems to understand her on some level. And they have this sort of, she, she rescues him and they have this sort of blissful love affair that then she realizes that ultimately the best thing she can do for him is set him free. What, this brings us to sort of one of the most difficult uh, things in terms of form for adapting this into a musical, which is neither of the two main characters, either Sally Hawkins' character or the fish, uh, use their voices. They communicate well in, in other ways, but for a musical, it's tricky when neither of the two main characters literally sing. Yes. Um, so do you have any, do you have any ideas sort of how we well, get, I don't I even want to say get around this because we were just talking about how this isn't like a challenge to her in the, in the movie. So I don't want to think of it as an obstacle. I just like, what, what do we do? This is an opportunity to do something really cool, right? No, it's a dramaturgical obstacle. It's not an obstacle, you know, it's a fun obstacle. Yeah. We're going to call it a dramaturgical opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun challenge. Well, you know, a few thoughts I had, these are goofy, but <laughs> isn't that what we're trying sure. to do? My, my, I, at first I was like, well, maybe there are animals that sing for her. <laughs> maybe there are fish in fish tanks that sing her thoughts. And then, but then maybe perhaps more seriously, there's this whole notion. Wait, don't, don't move on to the serious option. Don't move on to the serious option. <laughs> Hold on. You are proposing that for the course of a two hour musical... We yes. have, are, are these puppets? Are these actors? Are, are these, what's going on here? You, we have fish <laughs> singing the inner thoughts. And is this like a fairy tale, the birds talk to Cinderella situation? Or we just have these fish? What, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, so it came from, it came from a Snow White. It came from sort of the Disney vibe, right? Okay, so there's fish that sing thoughts. That's great. We're, we're going to call that plan C. Let's hear <laughs> Some of your other pitches. Well, there's is this whole thing in the movie of like TVs and record players and music. Not even just using the score, but using the like diegetic music of the TV or the record player and that one song that you'll never know how much. So you're saying like in that version, there would always be a record player or a TV set like on the set that seems like kind of innocuous, but when it comes for the moment for her to sing, it comes on and sort of fills in the blanks. Yeah, maybe. But then I do think that you want a moment where they do sing to each other. Yeah. (laughs) 
I don't know. We just sort of talked about why that was stupid in the movie. <laughs> How can we make it not stupid? Okay, here's an idea that does take some liberties. Is there some sort of thing where the fish can have this sort of vocal cue, sort of him attempting communication thing that we hear and he's teaching her and it's sort of, it doesn't have to be ugly, but it's sort of nonsensical to us. And then when they go underwater, whether it's in the bathtub yes. or in the bathroom filling up with water, that seems kind of beautiful, right? When they bone. When they bone, they finally... Sure, when they bone, but more specifically, when they submerge. When they submerge. Okay, so can we agree that this is like the basic conceit? We have these sort of like chorusy figures who fill in the blanks when we need them to be filled in. Yes. Which shouldn't be very often. And then for sort of the essential moments of communication that we really want musicalized, we relate it to are they above water or under submerged in water. Yes. I love it. to the nitty gritty. The nitty gritty, the opening number, the lights dim on the audience, they can't wait to see this musical. Curtain raises, what do we see? I think this is a this is a, a situation where the opening of the movie is so about her getting ready for her day, her going to work, all that sort of stuff. But I think this is a case where the opening number and the sort of I want moment might actually be the same. Where it's like, we set up the world, yeah. we set up this conceit that all of these other things are are giving voice to her feelings in a way that we can understand and um i think it's gotta be about how she's i i i was like it's gotta be i'm so horny i could fuck a fish (laughs) (laughs) that's what you want the number to be i think it's gotta be i agree that the vibe should be her getting ready i agree that the vibe should be She's horny and ready to break through. Yeah. Um, I think we have lots of time for fish fucking jokes, perhaps. And maybe we don't want to blow our fish fucking load. Act one, scene one. My only point, I agree with you, but my only point was that, like, you know, it's like, I'm so, it'd be like, I'm so hungry I could eat an elephant. Like, it's such an absurd statement to say. So the actual, like, so is what you're saying, like, the arc of the song sort of would be that she is using all these expressions to express that she wants more. So I'm so hungry I could eat an elephant. I'm so tired I could sleep a thousand years. I'm so this I could do this. I'm so horny I could fuck a fish. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so maybe. You know, we'll workshop it. Yeah, so the lights, the curtain raises on a very drab in the diegetically drab apartment diegetically <laughs> but drab. actually is very like stylish and beautiful and sally yeah. hawkins is like walking around masturbating making eggs talking about how she wants more all while muppetized versions of eggs and timers and faucets are yes. singing are singing at her I and sort that. of giving us the soundtrack and it's her cool. whole getting ready and then she gets and to work she get and then boom the song ends and she's at work and then I think we go, we're at work and we, we, they bring the asset in. She, she meets it. And I think there's like a brief moment of connection. Yeah. I have the same thing. And I, I, I was thinking for the uh, brief moment of connection, what could be really fun is if we do a riff off of like the, the dance scene in West Side Story ah. where, you know, they see each other across and everything slows down and they see each other across. But what we see as an audience is just her staring at like a tank of water. <laughs> Yes. Like, think of the most inanimate object possibly. And it's like her like lusting after it. Yeah. They basically do the like da 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 from West Side Story. 
Yeah, yeah. They yeah. see each other. I love that. So then, then my thought was, she's right now. She's Jones. She she's connected with this with this fish in a mm-hmm. way that she hasn't connected with anyone. Then I think Richard Jenkins has to have a song where he's like, where they go and get the pie, and he's like, listen, if you are like, she's like, she's like, maybe she's like, I met somebody, like I met something, and I and but I'm not sure about it. And he's like, listen, just like me with the pie guy, you got to go for it. You got to shoot your shot. She's like, there's something I want. And I and she's thinking to herself, I want to offer it an egg and bring in a record player, but I shouldn't. And Richard Jenkins says, you got to have your slice or whatever yeah. the song is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something about like shooting your shot, but like pie themed. And it's a soft shoe number on the counter, right? Um, Yes. Because what we're really angling for is for the Richard Jenkins character to get a Tony. I think it is fair to say my number one goal <laughs> in turning this, this into a musical is to get the Richard Jenkins character at This is phase one of that operation. Okay, cool. So she's like, great. She's been, we've already made it more active than it is in the movie. She's like, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go connect with the fish. She brings in the egg and the shit to the fish. I, I, have, I have, I think, a fun idea for this. That's very like in do the it. spirit of the movie, but also a musical comedy. Yes. Um, I think you were the person who said this because this was the sort of, bone your biggest bone to pick was that if happens so fast is it really is they fall in love in a montage yes so i think that's the song it's like we could fall in love in a montage yes that's great like a sort of meta like we're talking about falling in love in a montage like will you see us have heart to hearts no No. but here's an egg and the eggs are singing will you yeah the eggs are singing it and it's like (laughs) will they Get to know each other's personal and political beliefs. Yeah. No, but they'll dance with brooms. <laughs> like. Yes, 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 yes. And now then there's the scene where Michael Shannon warns them to stay away from the fish, basically. And stay away from the fish, yeah. In this moment, he literally says, I found him, the fish. He says, I found the fish. And I transported him all the way from South America. We got to see it. (laughs) We got to see him and this fish, their buddy thing. I think we just need a big South American number (laughs) with the Milo Shannon on vacation with the fish. But I think we should put it between the West Side Story moment and the... Richard Jenkins pie number because I think that is where he warns them don't mess with this fish and the him warning them about not messing with the fish is what makes her afraid. Yes, that sounds great. Let's do that. Which kind of leads us to, I mean, I know there's a few numbers we're skipping, but that's fine because what do you think the end of act one is? I I think it's the escape, right? It's gotta be the escape. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we've agreed on this so far. I mean, I do think I do think that there is one other wild Russian number with Michael Stuhlbarg about about singing about sending a fish into space. Oh, and we'd also need to figure out like exactly what we're doing with Octavia's character. Uh, yeah, because she um, <laughs> though she was nominated for an Oscar, um, she does not do anything in the movie, right? 
But we were talking earlier about, like, yes. how one of both of our problems with this show is how people, uh, apart from Michael Shannon, are very accepting of this fish. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be this crazy thing, and people yes, are very, yes, like, yes. oh, fine. So maybe, like, in this, like, gap before the end of Act 1, we could, like, actually have Octavia's character um, pushing back on Sally a little bit more. Maybe she is, like not satisfied by Sally's answers and she does think what Sally's doing is um, weird or gross or whatever because I think it'd be useful. But then, yeah, I think the end of the act is like a big we gotta break him out song. A heist number. Fish out yeah. of water. No, that's great. They're all being fish out of water. Richard Jenkins Yeah, Richard really... Jenkins is being brave in a way he's not used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, As is Octavia. And Michael Shannon is stepping out of water because he's afraid for the first time. He's out of control. Yeah, he's, yeah. And Michael Stuhlbart just kills a man. Yeah. And this number has, like, the great opportunity for one of those things where, like, six actors are on stage all singing different melodies oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. words. Yeah, 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 and yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's the end of the, what's the final, I guess they just, like, get the fish. They get the fish out. It could be Michael Shannon discovering the tank is empty. Yes. And having a, like, no scary ending where he, like, takes out his cattle prod. And visually it would be great if Michael Shannon goes and discovers the lab is empty, the fish is is gone, the fish is out of water. And he, as the lights dim, he takes the cattle prod and he sticks it in the water and the entire stage is, like, lit up and electrocuted. Now, I'd like to take that idea one step further. Okay. So we've talked about how we have some problems with Michael Shannon in this movie. What if Michael Shannon's secret is that when he was in South America, he fucked the fish? (laughs) And then the end of Act 1 is really Michael Shannon alone in the thing and singing a song that's sort of like, If I Can't Love Her from Beauty and the Beast, where he's like, if I can't have this fish, then nobody fucking can. I just want to rewind 20, 30 minutes to when we were talking about this movie, and you said... Just let Michael Shannon be a monster. That was before I sort of stumbled on on an idea that I think actually might be really fun. (laughs) No, we don't need Michael Shannon to have fucked the fish. We don't need it. We have so many fish fucking numbers already, and we haven't even gone to the fish fucking. He made a pass at the fish. In South America, he made a pass at the fish, and the fish jilted him. He never made a pass at the fish. I'm I'm going to operate under an alternate thing where Michael Shannon I do have a feeling there's gonna be like lore where like the first preview of The Shape of Water the musical had like eight numbers for the Michael Shannon character (laughs) and they were all cut after the very first preview and his like character is just kind of like a husk (laughs) like there's nothing to it they're like how do they get this actor to agree to do this one role it'll live in infamy though that one night in previews they tried to put this plot line through that he made a sexual pass at the fish in South America (laughs) hear your pitch for the opening of act two all right so there's this really kind of lovely almost lovely moment so they, they've put the fish man in sally hawkins tub at her shabby chic apartment yeah and richard jenkins sits tub side with him and basically is like maybe we're both just relics i think he says uh-huh so 
I am proposing a number called Fish Are the Gay Men of the Sea. And <laughs> it is a obviously a synchronized swimming water ballet with Richard Jenkins and the fish. It's just a sort of fun way to get us back into the second act. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to win the special Tony for most songs that have the word fish in their titles. Um, I like that. Here was my, here's my counter. Yeah. I think yours is probably what we should go with because we don't have to worry about budget in this, in this enterprise. Yeah, 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 no, no. Um, there's a moment very early on where they're in, they've, they've got the fish in the bath water, but it's not, it's not enough. Something, the water isn't doing enough. It's not, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the acid levels aren't right and the fish is struggling. And Sally Hawkins goes, or she she knows we need salt. And she goes and she runs to her cupboard and she adds salt. And that's okay. And that helps the fish. So I was thinking like a number called like, try a little salt. And it's like the three, Octavia Richard and her throwing random groceries and cooking implements, well, trying to make the water great. And they're like stirring it up. And they're like, it needs more garlic. And the fish is like, less garlic, less garlic. How about some Parmesan? You know, I don't see why these both can't happen. Uh, that happens first. And then, the you know, we want to warm people up for the Richard Jenkins water ballet. And then um, Sally Hawkins and the fish uh, have sex. We're cutting right to that. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, that's sort of where I went. What, what, what do you have? Um, my point is just, if, if we, I think the, the actual moment of them getting together, not falling in love together, they've already done that, but physically yeah. doing it, um, I think that needs to come a little closer to the end. Oh, okay. Fine. And then, so maybe they should, maybe the end of the show is them fucking. Maybe we, they don't fuck until literally she's a mermaid and she finally can sing under the water and they finally can belt at each other while they're swimming. And that's the end of the show. I think the fucking could happen earlier. I think the fucking can be like, the world's about to go to hell. We're about to lose each other. We do it here. We have a triumphant number where they do it. Yes. Things get really bad. And then they go in the water and... I just think I think the I think the mermaid moment should be its own thing. Like I think the end of the show should be like her things turning into gills and like yeah. that's a crazy transformation. That's its own thing. Right. I would really like in act 2 for there I do I'm going to push hard for this one. I think Richard Jenkins <laughs> needs a like sweet song to the fish monster about I've forgiven you for eating oh. my cat. Yeah, so that was also my idea about the Richard Jenkins uh, water ballet is that the idea would be that they'd be having a great time doing this water ballet and at the end of it, he would bite the head off of Richard Jenkins' cat. <laughs> yeah. So yes, there has yeah, to be a Richard song Jenkins where Richard... sits with him and he explains like, listen, because others have treated you a certain way, you don't know how to be, but like, we forgive you and we love you. And it needs to be like a really sweet, tender, like, I forgive you for eating my cat and like the cat's blood is all over the monster's mouth. So then I think the next thing that happens is we, Sally Hawkins needs to discover in some way that Michael Shannon will never stop hunting the fish. And she realizes that she has to let him go. And so they have sex. This is our last night. Yeah, we got one more chance for this baby. So let's make it. Um, do you want me to read? I, 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 <laughs> As I was walking to Popeye's, this, like, 80s power ballad song came to my head. Do you want to hear some words, or should I save them for later? Um, give me, like, a little tease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I just wrote it's a it's an it's an eighties power ballad. It's for the moment when they finally have sex. And uh and it's called The Shape of Water. And it goes, and if the shape of water is that body, and if the shape of water is that D, take all your polygons and hexagons and ship them out to sea. Because the shape of water is the only shape for me. As long as it has, like, the energy of, like, I'm so glad you said 80s power ballad, because I was, that's exactly what I was hankering for. I was hankering for it. It's huge. It's, like, and the water is everywhere, and they're flying, you know, it's a whole thing. Now, then there's a lot of, sort of, plot things. We talked about Octavia has to have her sort of 11 o'clock moment, shut up Brewster, and it's like, that gets her, her Tony. Yeah, because when you say shut up Brewster, that's referencing throughout the movie, like, every scene, she's like, my husband is mean, but she kind of says it in, like, a cute, charming way, so you think, oh, he's, like, a sitcom dad, but then you meet him, and he's just, like, the worst. He's, like, rude, borderline abusive. He sells out Sally Hawkins very quickly. So... This is like this is like the big eleven o'clock moment uh, where she's like I I have to she she actively makes the choice and realizes that she has to be on Sally Hawkins side because Michael Shannon shows up right Michael Shannon shows up he's looking for Sally Hawkins um, and Octavia is not gonna give her up but her husband is going to and Octavia stands up to her husband yeah. And sings Shut Up Brewster. We want Shut Up Brewster to be this 11 o'clock number where, just as you said, she stops her husband from turning the fish in because she realizes, like, that's the real love story. He talks too much. She says Shut Up Brewster. Fish guy, uh, he doesn't uh, He doesn't talk. Um, but it doesn't work, just to be clear. It doesn't work, just like in the movie... After she sings Shut Up Brewster, Michael Shannon still finds out, right? Yeah, but she, like, delays Yeah, him she delays him. Because she's saying this long, fierce yeah, song. Yeah, so Michael Shannon leaves, and she calls Sally Hawkins, and she's like, he's coming for you, but don't worry, I delayed him the exact length of an 11 o'clock number. And that's all you're going to need to get out of here. Yeah. And she, I think she needs to also, like, give her blessing yeah. to Sally Hawkins in this moment and be like... And I think it's just, like, it's, like, the last piece of the puzzle that, like, helps Sally Hawkins understand that, like, this fish needs to be set free. (laughs) I don't know if that really makes sense, but I feel like it still makes more sense than what happens in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. That we go to the shabby chic apartment. Sally's, like, rattled. She's like, oh, my God, what do we do? There's consequences I never imagined, but still, all I can think about is you water starts cascading down the back of the theater. Mm. Oh, yes. Water floods the audience. They sing the shape of water and then they, they get there. They get, and then they go to the canal. They're at the docks. Richard Jenkins is there with them and they're going to get rid of the fish. And then Michael Shannon shows up and he shoots the fish and he shoots Sally Hawkins, which I forgot. But this is the moment, like, this is where we actually need the conflict to be about the conflict. Like, and the resolution to be about the resolution. Because right now, it's literally just they get shot and then heal themselves. We need, like, how are they saved in this moment by, like, this idea of outsiders and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, Right, they have to, like, they have to stand up to Michael Shannon and be like, we love each other. It feels like what it has to be is, like... Richard, or Michael Shannon is distracted by 
Sally Hawkins and the fish man, like finally professing their love for each other to Michael Shannon. And Michael Shannon's like, that's all well and good, but I'm still going to shoot you. And then he goes to do it. And Richard Jenkins is like, he gets like, he says like one last line that like clinches the deal on him getting the Tony and he bashes Michael Shannon over the head. Right. Right. But I'm saying specifically like the way to tie it in with this like thematic world we want to build a little more is like, yes, I think the central like arc of them saying like, we love each other has to be like, and you don't understand it because you don't even yeah. see us. Like you don't see us. You don't notice us. You look over right. us. And that is literally uh, oh. manifested by him not seeing another outsider. Richard Jenkins. Beat him with plywood. Um, and then, and then, yeah, yeah. And then they go into the water and they have the mermaid ballet or whatever you would call it. I think she just sings part of your world and we call it a day. They sing the reprise of Shape of Water. They sing the Shape of Water again. Um, yeah, the water, the stage flu emerges. It's great. They're drenched. Yeah. They're drenched and we're drenched. I'm proud of you, by the way, for the restraint you showed with the name The Shape of Water. Because I thought for sure the song was going to be called, like, Swamped or The Flood. <laughs> no! <laughs> I, or like I, that's, that's why I went full hardcore with the I'm so horny I could fuck a fish, which now seems like okay. the right op- opening number, doesn't it? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so should we recap? Should we bring it all in? Want me to recap it? Uh, we start with I'm so horny I could fuck a fish. She gets to work there. Her and a very timid version of the Octavia character see. In the hustle and bustle of the lab, the tank that the acid is in, and she has a Tony Maria West Side story moment where they see she sees this tank from across, and it's beautiful, and she's into it. Maybe that song's called Nice Asset. Um, and then Michael Shannon comes in and has his South American story where he warns them, don't mess with the fish or whatever. So Sally Hawkins is discouraged. She goes to Richard Jenkins and is sort of like, I want something for the first time in my life, but I can't go for it. And he's like, you got to go for it. And they have this like soft shoe number through the streets that takes them to the pie shop. And he's just like, you got to have your slice. You got to take a bite. Then she is motivated. She goes to the lab and they have their, we could fall in love of a montage song. Mm-hmm. Then we get the Russian number, the, the Michael- Octavia number. And then we have the finale, which is called Fish Out of Water, which is this, like, epic escape number where all of them are fish out of water because they're acting in ways they've never acted before, pushed to these new heights. Yes. And they break the fish out, and it ends with Michael Shannon, who may or may not have had an affair with the fish, (laughs) furiously stabbing the water of his cattle prod and the whole stage being electrified. Yes. Act 2 has starts of some combination of two numbers where... They are sort of figuring out the right balance for the water for the fish to be healthy. And it's like add a little salt. And it's then like a cooking number where they're throwing ingredients into the water and the fish is screaming in pain. Yeah. Um, and then Richard Jenkins has his moment by the bathtub where he says, what's it, the, the song called? Um, Being a fish is like a gay man of the sea. What is it? <laughs> fish are the gay men of the sea. Yeah. <laughs> and that probably introduces a section of the script where we really dig into the like, should she be with this fish? Right. She should be with this fish. Right. Followed by um, Michael Shannon is pursuing things and he gets to Octavia's house uh, and she delays him by singing Shut Up Brewster, which is this moment where she like finally accepts the fish and she calls Sally Hawkins to warn her. Yes. Sally really understands that the right thing to do is let this fish go, but they have this one 
last night together and the water is cascading down. They submerge for the first time. We hear them singing and it's the shape of water, which is a really hot eighties power ballad about them having sex. Yes. They get to the docks. Michael Shannon's there to kill them. They have this number that's like, you don't understand us because you don't really see us. You don't really notice those of you of us who are different from you than Richard Jenkins because he literally isn't being noticed, hits him upside the head. They escape. They go in the water. We have a reprise of Shape of Water where she becomes a mermaid. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. I don't think, aside from Richard, this is winning any Tonys, but that's okay. It already has exceeded award expectations. Okay, so casting. We've sort of had two different ideas that we both, we, we love them both. We both love them both for the main role of Sally Hawkins. One is we get... Like a, like Kate Baldwin to play the Sally Hawkins role because what did you call her? Kate Baldwin is the Sally Hawkins of Broadway. She's so sweet. She's just tr- so right for this role. So sweet, so funny. But the other uh, the other route we could take is we could get an actor from the Deaf West Company because while Sally Hawkins' character is not deaf, she does use sign a lot, and that could be like a really right feeling thing. I feel like we gotta do that. I feel like that's yeah. I think it would, I think it would add to the musical. I yes. think it would really, really add to the whole thing. I think you cast Norbert Leo Butts as um, as Richard Jenkins. <laughs> I think you go older and get like you're a right, Joel you're Gray. Right. Joel Gray, yes. Joel Gray is Richard Jenkins. Norbert Leo Butts is mistakenly cast as Michael Shannon because they think that he's got this great arc about wanting to fuck the fish. And then it turns out he's like barely in the show, but he's just randomly still there. Um, Octavia Spencer is Cynthia Erivo because she has her great... Uh, Shut Up Brewster song. Who else? What about the fish? Who's the fish? It's the guy from Cats. I don't know who the who fish played, is. Who um, played Monka's Trap. Sure, Robbie Fairchild plays the fish. Yeah, I think this is great. Yeah, I think the last thing to say is just like, uh, what, what is your favorite moment? What's the thing that you are most excited on opening night to see like come to life? I'm curious about the, the, the eggs and things singing. I'm very curious about that. I hate you because I was going to say the egg puppets as well. <laughs> Which is how you know we've really knocked it out of the park. I think we did actually a very good job of, um, not to say fixing, because who the hell are we? But um, but sort of go- going at some of the problems that we might have with the movie and uh, turning it into something better will also make it uh, f- a fun musical comedy. Kyle, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. Just so everyone knows, some time has now passed. Uh, we went away. Kyle, you wrote a song. Um, you handed that song off to a large group of extremely talented people who all went and did all their jobs and made the song really sound incredible. Do you want to set the scene? So Michael Shannon's coming. Sally Hawkins knows. She goes to the fish man. It's time to make their love real. Water floods down the walls of the apartment into the audience they're submerged and for the first time we hear their voices as they sing so arranged orchestrated and produced by joe mendick please enjoy erica henningson and kyle selig singing the titular song from the shape of water the musical
Once upon a time, there was a woman with a wish. But would society be kind to me if I did it with a fish? But now it's time to act, no turning back. Cause I got the taste of seafood, and you're looking like a snack. And if the shape of water is their body, and if the shape of water is their deep, take all your polygons and hexagons and ship them out to sea. Cause the shape of water is the only shape for me. Is it a square? No, it's not, cause it's making me hotter than four sides of equal length could have ever done. Is it a circle? Don't be dumb, forget the circumference, drop the sur and the ferns, and let's focus on gum. No, the only shape I'm craving is a shape that's blue and waving. Girl, this hammer bird is good enough, and the fight is just begun. And if the shape of water is that so much for listening if you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen and leave us a review you can also follow us on uh, twitter on instagram and on facebook insert movie here is hosted by myself sam french and me kyle wilson we have a thousand thank yous to the wonderful erica henningson and kyle selig for singing the shape of water and to joe mendick for arranging orchestrating and producing the song to the great folks on our theme song, Andy Einhorn, who produced the track, Nevada Lozano, who arranged and orchestrated the tune, Daniel Kluger for mixing, Jessica Thompson for mastering, and David Davin for music editing. To Will Blum on lead vocals, Lindsay Roberts, Zanny Laird, Jackson Perrin, and Adrian Rosas singing backup. Chad Smith on saxes, Rebecca Patterson on trombones, Trevor Newman on trumpets, and Evan Hyde on drums. Our incidental music is arranged by Jeremy Robin Lyons. And thanks to Thomas Constantine Moore, who designed our logo, our music supervisor, Andy Einhorn, and executive producer, John Albert Harris. Thanks for listening. Uh, right now, at this exact moment, you can also listen to episode two, Independence Day, the musical. Mm-hmm.